welcome back to Reconcinimation. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And this is the show where we look at our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, we talk about them here. Just the two of us in the studio. Just us. Just us. There we go. Jibber jabbering back and forth. (laughs) And we are back with part two of a very special uh, series of episodes. Uh, A while ago, we took a look at the women we love in film. Mm-hmm. Part one. Yeah. Oh, the women we love to watch in film. We, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we, women we love to watch in film. In film. Part but, one. And tonight is part two. All right. Welcome back to the old series, the old list, the old <laughs> gathering. But we did a bunch of, of, of great women from the 67 to, I think, 87? Uh, uh, yeah. Just, and, yeah. So we're going to continue from 87 uh, into the future. Yeah. We hit from, from Jane Fonda, or sorry, sorry from Faye Dunaway and yeah. uh, Bonnie and Clyde all the way through uh, Elizabeth Shue and Adventures in Babysitting. Right. And now we're going to kind of pick up where we left off. All right. And uh, so rewind. Back to 1988, okay. and we are going to start, or sorry, 1987, we're going to start with Holly Hunter as Jane Craig in Broadcast News. Oh, Broadcast News. Broadcast News is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the few James L. Brooks directed films. I think he's only oh, yeah. done like five or six. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of my favorites, and, and it's mostly because of Holly Hunter, who is... A reporter who's in this kind of love triangle with with uh, William Hurt and Albert Brooks. Yeah, they're all in the news business together. She's like their producer, right? Like she's yeah, sort yeah, of the. Yeah. But uh, they're like they're this just great trio in a sense. But she's got like romantic and professional ties to them, and it's complicated. And uh, she's got to manage all that. Yeah, and she's just coming off of uh, raising Arizona, so it's kind of a a, a real good time in, in Holly Hunter's career. She's such a strong actress and you really needed a strong a strong performer to to balance those those actors out uh, mm-hmm. with Brooks and, and William Hurt. Yeah, and uh, she, she does a great job. Yeah. Next up, 1988, we've got now we said before, no w- before we get too far into this. Oh, we should we go back to the should rules? We should, we should go back. I just realized we didn't go over the rules. Yeah, so. that's true. If you didn't listen to part 1, there there's certain criteria that yeah. kept us in the in this time frame, but uh what what were the, what were the re- the things that make the list? And yeah, we why we're talking about these particular women. We set a few guidelines up and uh and number 1 was we disqualified a couple of the major female characters that always show up on these kinds of lists. Right. And that is Sigourney Weaver's Ellen Ripley mm-hmm. and uh, Linda Hamilton's Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, yeah. Like just sort of an ass-kicking badass. Iconic that, female. Yeah. You know. Strong woman thing. Like basically acting like men, but, you know, yeah. in their own way. Uh, you know, carrying their characters uh, in a certain way, so yeah, we're we're neglecting to include them um, because this isn't really we're not ranking these women, but again, we, we're going through a timeline. Yeah, that's another guideline. It's celebrating it's, them, right? We're acknowledging who kind of falls in Reconcinimation's time zone, which is about sixty-seven to about two thousand two. Yeah, um, and then what was the final criteria? So they had to stand on their own merits, and they had to have not been rescued by a man. Ah, okay, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're their own character. They're, they uh, stand on their own two feet, and 
and aren't kind of propped up by men. Got it. Yeah. So I, that, I think that makes for a, a fun way to look at and dis- and qualifying and disqualify certain things just for our list. Yeah. So um, that's why you're going to hear very particular people. Yeah, very specific. And then we are going to hold off some of those who didn't quite qualify for the list, but they're they're uh, women women or sorry female characters that we we love. So we wanted to include them in some honorable mentions. Yeah, you got to give them a little got a little little uh, hat tip. So if you you know you're thinking, well, where was you know where was Princess Leia? We talked about her in the first our first uh, part of this series. Uh, in the honorable mention section. Yeah. So, all right. So yeah. Okay. Sorry. We so we cleared that up. Yeah. Now we know what we're talking about. Now so, you know what we're talking now, about. Now, yeah, everyone's on the same page. We uh, so we just covered broadcast news with Holly Hunter, and now we are going to include another Sigourney Weaver role, mm. Diane Fossey in the uh, in Gorillas in the Mist. Oh yeah, from '88. Yeah. yeah. Really, you know, an intense movie. Mm-hmm. One of her first non-franchise movies well she'd done other movies no no ghostbusters and the alien you know alien and aliens i know she did other things but this was uh you know another oscar level performance oh absolutely that was you know she was breaking out of those characters yeah um well you know you know it's it's based on the true story of of diane fossey who uh devoted her life to the study of primates yeah and uh this features her in the in the jungles of the Congo, and then and then Rwanda, and then sort of the political turmoil of the fact that gorillas are poached, uh, and there's the, so the there's a you know a black market trade going on, and you know she establishes a connection studying their their sociological like lives, and then connects with them, um, and then of course you know she's got to witness them being murdered and 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 poached. And uh, you know she puts up she puts up protests. She actually becomes kind of violent toward the the poachers, trying to protect these these living creatures. And um, you know it's a pretty dramatic tale. Yeah, and a fantastic performance for her. Um, you know, one of Sigourney's early really great roles. Yeah, and uh, you know as we said before, a, a, an unfortunate and true story. Uh, of Diane Fossey. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, also in 1988, we've got uh, Melanie Griffiths, Tess McGill, and Working Girl. Oh, then this is fun. Talk about another Sigourney Weaver movie. Sigourney's in Back to back Weaver. See, Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> She's weaving in and out of this. She sure is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Melanie Griffiths, what? She's like the. She's trying to make it make it in Wall Street kind of yeah, thing. That's yeah. the story, you know, trying to make her way through. And I think Sigourney Weaver already plays someone who is has made it to that level. Yeah, it's manipulative. Tries to steal her ideas. Yeah, and she's and, and uh, uh, sorry, Tess is the like kind of up and comer, and yeah. Harrison Ford is also kind of the they're the three leads in the movie, but yeah. um, but a really strong performance by uh, by um, Melanie Griffith and. You know, put her that I think this is the movie that put her on the map as far as like, you know, the brief period of time she was an A-list actress. Oh, okay. You know, so, there was about a 10 year span where she was, you know, one of the top actresses in the business. And, and this was a major reason. This was a big Oscar movie. Wait, and who do, do you remember who directed this? Wait, that was. Um, Wasn't it nominated for 
I think it had a couple of nominations. Yeah. One, it definitely won an Oscar. Uh, this is Mike Nichols' film. Mike Nichols, Hector, yeah. Course, yeah. I kept thinking, I'm like, this wasn't James L. Brooks also, but no, yeah, Mike yeah. Nichols, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it had a couple, a bunch of Oscar noms. I think it didn't win any of the major awards. Right, but, but it was nominated. nominated. It's, it's at that level, though. Yeah, you know. so a lot of, star, it was a star-making thing for her. Yeah. Uh, great to see Harrison and Sigourney together, but she, you know, she, she represented a, a woman trying to make her way through cutthroat business Wall Street and... Uh, ends up basically succeeding, you yeah. Know, finding, and it's just the next step. It's not like she, I think she doesn't become like a high high level person, right? By the but, end, she's, but she's yeah, she's made her way she from advances. being a secretary. So yeah. Uh, also, nineteen nineties, La Femme Nikita. Ooh. Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Period. I think it's something. Period. Yeah, so. <laughs> sorry about uh, who that. Who plays yeah. Nikita? Yeah, uh, but this is a, a, a great film. Uh, Luc Besson directed, correct? Yeah, it's Luc yeah, Luc Besson, Besson mm-hmm. um, pre The Professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great uh, female-driven action film. Yeah, she was well, so Nikita is what a she's like a. She's in prison, right? Yeah. And gets recruited? Yeah. She gets recruited to be an assassin, basically. Yeah. Cool. Um, it was remade several times. One is like a USA TV series right. in, the, in the mid-90s. Which was pretty popular. Yeah, think, it was so. popular when yeah. a few years. And Doesn't and then uh, prior to that, it was, was the American remake of this was called Point of No Return, starring Bridget Fonda. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm through. I'm out. Is that what she says in the, <laughs> in the trailer? Um, she and it, that is like a pretty faithful remake of this, but it just this works so much better. Mm-hmm. It's such it's a darker movie. You have a really you know talented director, especially at the time yeah. in Luc Besson, very visual, a lot of cool colors in the movie. But and she's just an ass kicker. She's yeah. she's awesome. You love Nikita, yeah. There's a reason they kept going back because they they remade the television show I think in 2010. They did another. Oh yeah, that's they, right. They did. They yeah. just called Nikita. Yeah. or something like that. It's yeah. a real marketable idea, and, yeah. and uh, especially if you can get the right female, you know, actress in there. So yeah. so Anne Parallel did uh, wonderful. We applaud you. Ah, ah get it. Uh, Nineteen ninety one. Major, major character, major role for Jodie Foster as Clarice Starling in Silence of the Lambs. And that's, this was something else. That's a movie. Jodie Foster kills it in this one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's, she's, you know, an an FBI agent who's assigned to track down a serial killer and uses, uh, works with Hannibal Lecter to find that killer. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter already in prison for the things he had done. Uh, and he, she's going to use his psychiatrist brain uh, to help help figure out the method of a serial killer yeah. and, and track him down. And it's a, it's a real psychological like battle. That's yeah, fun. she's got to, and Jodie Foster's got to go toe to toe. Exactly, I was like, about to say the same thing like, with, with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, amazing pairing. Yeah, and just one of the top female performances probably of all time. Yeah, you know, up there. Uh, it's way up there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and she won Best Actress for this. I hope so. <laughs> I didn't watch the Oscars. If that not, year. let's go back in time and change it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we love Jody. So yeah, and Jodie Foster, of course. I mean, a lot of the things she done, 
does it's just she's so great in them yeah she doesn't yeah. throw away movies no. you know she doesn't just do movies not to make i'm not gonna put sam jackson down but the man does a lot of movies that are not so great yeah he just likes to work he just works all the time and he's always in something and some of them are hits and some of them are terrible yeah uh she doesn't do that she was very choosy about especially through the 80s and 90s about what roles she took Mm -hmm. and then she moved into directing for a while now she's kind of doing more acting again Mm -hmm. and jodie foster had been in you know a ton of great movies she was in freaky friday she was in yeah original freaky friday she has to play an adult in her body you know her mom and and she switched plays she so and she kills it she's amazing She walks around and smokes a cigarette like, and, and acts like an adult. It's yeah. fantastic. That came out the same year as Taxi Driver. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, wow, that's a, that's a range yeah. in, in one year. Yeah, free, doing a Disney Freaky Friday. and a, Well, it's not even that, that Disney-fied. It's, it's, just, it's yeah. just quite a movie. Anyway, yeah. but uh, you know that, that's when she was a kid. And then Taxi Driver you know, in itself is, is a, a very advanced role for a young actress at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to say the least, but uh, and then the accused in nineteen, I want to say eighty eight as well. It is eighty eight. Yeah. That's right. Um, then doing like Little Man Tate. Yep. And Nell. Yeah, she had some other yeah other great perform contact. I mean, yeah, contact. Contact. Love contact. Yeah. Panic rooms fun. Yeah, panic <laughs> rooms. And then that was kind of like it for a while, right? Well, I mean, she kept. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, she was. She was directing, I think, after that. Um, oh, remember Flight Plan though? Did you ever see Flight that Plan? <laughs> no, I actually didn't. Oh, you didn't see that one? <laughs> she she wakes up on a plane and and no one believes that she had a daughter on the plane. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. That's it's right. fantastic. I do that it's one. Yeah. the theater. Anyway, yeah. But again, Jodie Foster, versatile, talented, yeah. very smart, yep. and again, choosy. She she does the things she likes to do. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we're just sort of that's we're just sort of using this to celebrate Jodie Foster yeah. for a moment. That's but, what the whole thing's uh, built around. <laughs> anyway, uh, nineteen ninety one. Also, we saw the iconic film. Thelma and Louise, starring Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon. Gina. Now, we haven't, uh, neither of these ladies has been on the list yet. Not yet. Susan, Not until now. Yeah, Susan Sarandon. That's Susan Sarandon. How great is she in everything? Every. Oh, my God. But this um, was a huge, you know, female empowerment film mm-hmm. uh, that, that, you know, they weren't going to be. They they weren't going to be rescued by any men. They were going to live life on their own terms and yeah. and uh, to the very end. Yeah, to the very last frame. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Ridley Scott directed this. I guess. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, at the time. <laughs> but uh, you know, they have to. They're making their way in their their fun little road trip, and they run into a lot of trouble. Um, and you you're with them throughout the emotional journey of doing that. Yeah, and it's uh. I don't know. The loss, the loss starts to catch up to them. Yeah, but it's just a, it's a great film, and and Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon, give me a break. Powerhouse performances from both of them. Oh my god! I mean, probably their their best. Probably, I would say it's Gina Davis's best. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I would say it's Susan. Sarandon. I have to do a little more thinking about Susan Sarandon, but definitely you know top three for I mean, sure. Dead Man Walking is pretty yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, She's great in Bull Durham, Bull but Durham, obviously sure. that's not as much of a yeah, you know, female empowerment film as this is so. right. Well, the client, the client, great by the any client. John Grisham thing. Yeah. Oh, 
Forget about it. I'm there. You're watching any Grisham. <laughs> We're talking any Sarandon here. But anyway. Um, yeah, so that's uh, it's been a while since I've seen Thumb on the yeah. but uh, Yeah, we'll have to cover it on the show. I think it, think it's about due. Yeah, we'll get it, we'll get it in there. Uh, what's it coming up? It's uh, 91, so in a couple of years we've got its in 2021? 30th anniversary. Is uh-huh. that what that would be? Yeah. Oh, boy. If, if I'm still uh. alive. Well, we should Me do that too. One too. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you die, we'll just—I'll just have your ghost come in and oh, we'll right. uh, continue to do the show. Yeah, just bring in a Ouija yep. board and do a séance, <laughs> as we talked about in part one. Yeah, with the Exorcist, it's, all you need is a Ouija board yeah. and you anything. Can, you can bring anybody back. Cause a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, we'll give you an intern to you know possess. Oh yeah, all that's right. fine. Nineteen uh, ninety-two. Yeah. The Christy Swanson version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The original Buffy. The original Buffy. The, the feature-length film. Which is a lot more of a like horror comedy, from what I recall. Yeah, apparently, you know, it's it's a lot uh, a lot goofier than I think the original intention was. Yeah, the show got a little more serious and dramatic, right? Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's lighthearted. The show is a, a mix of all the genres: horror, comedy, action. Um, all of that, yeah. You know, the movie's a little more. It's just a little more sillier. I mean, yeah, you got, you got Paul Rubens playing one of the, one of the vampires, and he just hams it up, <laughs> like. Um, and but Donald Sutherland's the villain. Yeah, but Kirstie Swanson plays like Valley Girl, LA chick, who ends up being a, the chosen one to fight vampires. Yeah, like this is a thing that is going to happen to some girl somewhere on the planet, and she's the one. And it's her reaction to I'm like she has she's got to train and how to fight, but she's got like strength and yeah. It's it, it's, it's a it's, fun like lighthearted yeah action comedy horror yeah. thing. It's a bit of a bomb, but you know Buffy does it her own way. Yeah, and it's uh, that's a lot of fun. And it it spawned you know it spawned that TV show which had such a cultural uh, pop cultural impact um that you know christy swanson but was the original she's the one that she's the there. first uh vampire killer right yeah. slayer slayer you mean i mean of the vampire killer genre the, <laughs> no that was van helsing and that was in like how many she's the first that was like centuries ago <laughs> <laughs> she's a female van helsing yeah i guess so <laughs> uh okay and let's cycle back right back to gina davis 1992's a League of Their Own, which oh. we recently covered. Uh, you can check that out in the archives, yeah. www.reconcinemation.com. Yeah. She played uh, Donnie Henson, Dottie yeah. Henson, uh, and um, one of the original founding, founding players of the uh, All-American Girls Baseball Professional... Professional. No, base, professional yeah. Baseball League. Yeah. So she was a Georgia Peach. Yes. Rockford Peach. Rockford team. Peach. Boy, Not boy. Yeah. Already blowing it. We just watched this movie. <laughs> But Gina Davis is commanding yeah. in every scene. Great She's performance. Amazing. And uh, really the whole I, I you know we almost could put all of the actors in in this this Yeah, part. every everyone in the movie. You know, Madonna great. and uh and Rosie, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell and and Kit played by Lori Petty. Kit played by Lori yeah. Petty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh great just an amazing cast. But yeah, like Dottie is uh such a great character. She's Naturally talented at baseball, loves baseball, but has chosen a certain life with with her husband, who's an enlisted man. Uh, you know, and she's so good that she should she should be a professional baseball player, 
you know, and she plays off Hanks very well. And, and you know, um, Laurie Petty is character uh, of her sister. Her, right? her sister yeah. is so jealous of that. Her sister's so good and yeah. talented who could basically manage ball clubs. And Dottie is not apologetic one iota for what, how good she is, the life she chooses, chooses to lead, and how she, you know, how she does her best no matter what. And ah, just a great character. Yeah. Uh, Penny Marshall did a wonderful job with this movie. Yeah, and we did we did a, a tribute to Penny Marshall on that episode as well. So yeah. don't forget to check that out if you haven't already. Yes. Uh, 1993, we get the great Laura Dern, who is in at the midst of a like career renaissance. Yeah. The last two years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was her. This is her action movie. Yeah. This is her movie, really. Jurassic yeah. Park. Jurassic Park. Doctor Ellie Sattler. Oh my gosh. What a fun movie. Yeah. Ellie is fantastic in it. And uh, she, you know, I debated about this. Like, does she get rescued by a man in this? Not really. No, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I mean, they're kind they're of like under... surviving together. Yeah. But I don't think there's any point where Sam Neill, like, saves her. She's trying to find him half the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, because so. they're all separated. they got to reconnect. It's not yeah. like she's about to get chomped by a velociraptor and... Sam Neill hit, hits the hits it with a frying pan. Like, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Like, no, it's they they all have to use their wits. Yeah, I feel like they're on to... they're on equal footing uh, yeah. in this movie. Which you know, at this point in time, you would you you going into it, I think you sort of expected Sam Neill to be that Indiana Jones type character. I guess with the hat. Well, yeah, just you know, is advertised as the male lead, like yeah, him yeah. and Goldblum, but. Goldblum's kind of out of the equation pretty quickly, and right. and uh, you know Laura Dern uh, takes up the mantle. Yeah, and uh, she's you know had so many great roles in her career with with uh, her early David Lynch films, mm-hmm. uh, Blue Velvet and Wild at Heart, and then you know everything that's she's touched in the last couple of years, except maybe the Last Jedi. No, she did she did great in that. <laughs> she was fine in it. She was great in that. Yeah, she was perfect. What was Perfect. her character's name in Holdo. that? Holdo. 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 I had a real hard time with that name for some reason. Like Holden? Hold. You mean pronouncing it or just the... Just the remembering There's not it. one Star Wars character name that works <laughs> in the entire yeah. entire, <laughs> uh, entire universe. Yeah. They're all ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so we love Laura Dern and... Uh, yeah. And Dr. Ellie Sattler. Yeah. yeah. I mean, anyone in 1993... Any boy probably had a, a crush on her Definitely. watching that movie, yeah. you know. And hopefully, if they make any more of these god awful Jurassic World movies, you know, maybe they can uh, bring her back. Stay away. <laughs> don't keep it pure. Don't sully yourself by going. Yeah. By being in that. <laughs> she already did Jurassic World or Jurassic Park three, I think. Right. She, she just a just a very small role. Got it. Didn't yeah. see it. Don't care. But oh, you should. I won't. <laughs> But uh, anyway, all right, 1995, uh, the career performance from Alicia Silverstone as Cher in Clueless. Oh, yeah. Cher. I love this character. Yeah. Beverly Hills living kind of valley girl type, Definitely valley girl type, but yeah. (laughs) Like very wealthy, very articulate, smart, but she has her own limitations in it. And she, you know, she's got to navigate high school, being a rich, uh, 
a rich Californian. Yeah. And uh, she she's there to support her friends, and she thinks she's got all the answers, but she she doesn't. Well, she's and she's she's trying to be the uh, pulling the strings type of. Uh, That's true. Yeah. Character. She's like kind of like a puppet master. Like so. Yeah. She, I mean, and she's good at what she does. She can she manipulates her teachers to change her grades, and you know she understands that like high school boys are not really people to get too attached to that they're yeah they're not refined you know she's she's holding herself out for real men when she gets older yeah kind of thing and but, it's it's a modernization of uh jane austen's emma yeah so if you're familiar with that uh this is kind of a 90s version of it and it's you know you don't don't take it too seriously it's a fun it's a fun movie great performance by alicia yeah and she went on to this really made her a star yeah yeah because she was in prior to this, she was in what a couple of Aerosmith music videos. <laughs> yeah, that were and she, uh, yeah, one or two, and, and a couple of movies. Yeah, she but, showed um, in other films. But yeah. this was this was a star making turn for her. Yeah, um, and just uh, it's a, just a fun movie because it's so there's like a lot of just great lines in there that just make you laugh. And yeah, she she, del- she delivers them so well. Uh, like she just makes you laugh. Cher just makes you feel good. Yeah, even if she's like totally screwing up. Yep. Um, but her character has such a great arc. Learns that she's she's not like infallible. Yeah, well, and uh, you know she tries to like fix her friends, and they're like, well, you know, you don't know best, right? You know, kind of thing. I don't know. It's kind of her own like emotional journey in mm-hmm. those high school years. You yeah, know? yeah. So she's she's been sort of a top dog in a, in a sense. Yeah, but uh, she, she gets to be taken down a little bit and have fun on the way. I yeah. don't know. Big fun. Yeah, it's always it's always a fun movie to throw on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is now this kind of ranges again through a, a broader period of time, but I'm gonna put since Super Cop came out around this zone, mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna put in Michelle Yeoh for all of her Asian films. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she was an action star, you know, as she showed up in. And uh, Super Cop with Jackie Chan, she had done so many of those types of, of roles where she's the strong female lead, mm-hmm. you know, not not presented sexually. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what's funny is that she, as she got older, I think she was presented more, you know, more as a beautiful, like, older woman, mm-hmm. you know, as she aged uh, rather than in her youth where she was just presented as straight action. Oh, okay, you know. got it. Yeah, like her her beauty is being more celebrated yeah, as an older yeah. woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she is gorgeous. And cra- Crazy Rich Asians, which just came out mm-hmm. recently. Star Trek uh, Discovery. Yes, she's got, I uh, forgot about that. She's yeah. incredible on that. She's getting her own show. They're, Good for her. They're giving her her own show. Her own. Yeah. What? She was a villain, like <laughs> a murderous villain at that. But you didn't see a lot of names coming out of that Hong Kong, you know, action. Mm-hmm. Uh, genre, except you know she's the main main star that did. So yeah, kudos to her for making that transition, and then becoming a major you know, worldwide star. Really, yeah. I mean, I didn't know of her until Crouching Tiger, which got in Hidden Dragon, which was such a mainstream right release for America. Like, I, I think that introduced a lot of people to her. That you know, if you if you weren't watching these these Asian films, you're not. You, yeah, you don't know who she is. Yeah. Um, and boy, she's great, wonderful. Yeah, I think Su- Super Cop was the one where yeah. I was like, "Who is that?" She's yeah. incredible. I bet. And then she had done, I think, three Super Cops in uh, 
in Hong Kong. So. Gotcha. So yay for Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yay for Yeoh. Uh, next up might be my number one pick. If you were to if rank. I was ranking these, what? I think she's an amazing character, amazing actress, playing a great character. Great, yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Frances McDormand's Marge Gunderson in 1996's Fargo. Fargo, yeah. It, you, you can't deny it's it's a pitch perfect performance. Yeah, endlessly watchable. Love Marge's just the way she carries herself, the way she deals with solving a murder and she's just so like matter of fact about mm-hmm. everything yeah. she's just doing her thing like yeah. she's handling it as though someone stole something out of a store like how would she solve that crime right like she's just she's just following the leads yep yep follow <laughs> no, the leads no nonsense textbook and <laughs> and she's pregnant like very pregnant the whole time yeah um just a, a great role and Frances mcdormand at the time was uh she's married to joel cohen uh but hadn't really She'd appeared in, well, she starred in Blood Simple, and she's got a smaller role in Raising Arizona. But it felt like she kind of fell off the map for a little while. She did have a, a you know a couple of other roles here and there, mm-hmm. but this really was like really put her to the forefront. Yeah, she was a star after this. Yeah, this was it. And then yeah, she was leading leading roles. You know, uh, everything after offer this. only, as we <laughs> say in the biz, she became offer only. <laughs> Which, for if you don't know, means you don't have to go in an audition. Yeah, you, they just ask you to play a part. Yep. Anyway, but yeah, Marge Gunderson, a lot of lot of fun. With yeah, her. Well, remade and and well, I don't know if you call it a, technically a remake, but uh, for the series, because season one, she's not. Uh, I well, I just blanked on the actress's name, but uh, it's not she's not playing Marge Gunderson, but a character very much like Marge Gunderson. Right. Yeah straightforward cop with yeah. her own story and you know the series allows you to expand like her uh, into the, the character and all the characters yeah. involved in the murder and the crime well, they, and they don't stuff. use any of the characters from like name by name no. from the movie no. but some of them are clearly like newer versions of those yeah characters. they're very inspired i believe they reference the movie with one little detail in a random throwaway line yeah and then they that is true. and they mention other things. Then they incorporate those things into season two. Yeah, it's a whole thing. So the character, you know, almost lives on. But uh, yeah. amazing performance. If you're a fan of Francis, this is a, a must must watch. Yes. Uh, so is um, Hail Caesar. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I have not actually seen Hail Caesar yet. It's the one Coen Brothers they, movie I think that slipped by. I think people. Don't, I don't think. It, People like it all that much, yeah. but I, everyone in it's just so much fun. I don't know. Well, my it's, friend, it's Jared, my, my friend Jared is uh, like a diehard Coen Brothers fan, uh-huh. diehard, mm-hmm. and is he not? He didn't like Hell Caesar, so I was like, oh, <laughs> if he didn't like it, why? Why should I watch it? It's just it's, it's just kind of weird. It just seems like a very which is isn't that kind of their way? Like they kind of make a good movie and then they make a well, they do what they want. Movie. Yeah, I guess that doesn't so. But we'll, we're sidebarring on the Coen Brothers. Sorry, thing, sorry, but, but yeah. uh, love love Francis McDormand. She's I mean she's great in so many things. Almost famous, mm-hmm. amazing as the mom. Yeah, uh, three uh, three billboards. Mm-hmm. She's very good in that. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. She deserves there. she deserved the Oscar. She won. For Finally that. won for that. Yeah. yeah. She was also in Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Okay, well, let's not forget that. <laughs> uh, Nineteen ninety seven. 
We couldn't have this list without Demi Moore somewhere in it. She better be in this. <laughs> she plays Jordan O'Neill and G.I. Jane. Yes. Now, we kind of set this up a little bit in part one when we talked about Goldie Hawn and Private Benjamin. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of a much more intense uh, look at that same kind of females uh, joining the military, yeah. females going through boot camp. Yeah. But this one is like she's basically trying to join the equivalent, a fictional version of the SEAL teams. So, which is an, an intense, rigorous process. Most people wash out of the program within a few weeks. Her character uh, in this film basically makes it to the end. There's a lot of there's some politics that go on that prevent her from going all the way. But then she gets reinstated and then she's back. Yeah. But she she holds her own with. Perseverance. Yeah, with everyone in that film. So, uh, and then she ends up, you know, being the one that like rescues the guy who put her through training in a in a real life combat situation. Yeah. So and and Demi Moore like went all out for this role. You know, when you hear of a uh, an actor shaving their head for a part, I mean, come on. The woman shaved her head. Oscar winner uh, worthy maybe yeah (laughs) maybe a woman changed her look dramatically for a movie role (laughs) Uh, well it's not that common for a uh, you know she just done striptease right so you know the kind to me more had been portrayed sexually pretty often not in every movie but in a lot of her movies so Mm -hmm. to you know it's a big step to uh, to you know change your look that way and uh so kudos to her for going all the way with oh it. yeah i mean i'm not it's not a commentary on her it's a commentary on like how everyone makes a big deal when a a woman changes the things that define her uh, beauty you know like right right the long sex long yeah. hair and all that but anyway uh no she uh demi moore is watchable and all a lot of so many of her films that but this is the one where like jordan o'neill is just the one that rises to the top to yeah. be you know she kicks a lot of ass, but she's just super competent and and per, like you said, perseverance. It's just getting through that struggle, it, getting through every test they can throw at her, and she does it. So, uh, staying in 1997. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to uh, if I were to rank these movies, I'd pro- or these characters, I'd probably rank this one number one. Didn't you just say that? No, I no, I never said that. <laughs> Did you just say that. I might rank this one number one. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, Pam Greer's Jackie Brown in Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown. This is, in my opinion, the greatest Tarantino movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. People say that. Yeah. Some people say that. It's a sleeper. but mm-hmm. uh, And Pam Greer obviously carries the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarantino, just to talk about him for a sec, obviously one of his talents is resurrecting these actors who – have been maybe forgotten about or, or were thought to be past their prime. Yeah. But Pam Greer, he proved, you know, helped helped give her the forum to prove uh, that she still had it. I mean, she was yeah. she's fantastic in this. Yeah, she brings everything that she was well known for. Uh, yeah, and really sense, right? well, and she was well known for the action black exploitation movies of the seventies. Yeah, and there, you know, she doesn't really have any action in this movie, but it's all about her kind of manipulating these character—not her, but these characters—manipulating each other, mm-hmm. and who's really uh, who's really loyal to who, and mm-hmm. and her kind of outsmarting everybody. Yeah, well, this is fun. This is the one Tarantino movie that 
it's not an original script like it's adapted from yeah rum punch from yeah. uh, elmore leonard yeah so it's 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 funny that you you think like his best movie isn't exact all out of his own brain well maybe um you know i think from what we've seen from his recent stuff that maybe maybe he needs a filter <laughs> maybe you know but you know it's it, the fans of tarantino very uh, in, ta- in their taste yes um and yeah pa- i mean pam greer carrying this whole thing um uh i totally get it as a, a top pick yeah so kudos yeah and we could we could sidebar on uh Tarantino and and females uh, another day because that's <laughs> that's kind of an up and down subject. But yeah, does anyone uh, choke her out or step on her neck in this movie? Uh, no, okay. no, that does not happen okay. in this one. But. All right, got it. <laughs> anyway, reserve that for another another Tarantino film. Uh, we're gonna jump over to. I guess you know we're gonna skip over 1998 and go right to 1999. Go. Reese Witherspoon's Tracy Flick in Election. Election. This is a great movie. It's unbelievable. Um, so good. It's you know a lower budget movie. Alexander Payne directed, mm-hmm. uh, but she, I mean, she carries this movie and to me like blows past Matthew Broderick as as the real lead of the movie. Yeah, I mean his character narrates it. Yeah, but it's about her. I think technically he's the lead, but it's really like it's. She yeah. dominates this movie. Yeah, it's about Tracy Flick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and how, again, how she manipulates uh, yeah. characters to getting her way and moving up in society, basically. Yeah, like Tracy Flick is super ambitious. We'll do whatever it takes to win the high school presidential election, right? The yeah. class, class body president or whatever. And uh, she just stays focused on that, narrowly focused. And, and what's going to get that for her? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and. She's got to be manipulative, and sometimes her anger comes out in, in weird ways. I think uh, she gets into yeah, she, like, yeah, she doesn't. Well, she doesn't really care what happens to some of the people around her. Yeah, yeah. She just, you know, she's driven. Yeah, um, which you know, <clears throat> often in discussion of like women of driven women, ambitious, powerful, this is seen as a net negative. This is a not something that is uh, becoming of, of of women and like. It's it's such a hypocritical thing when there's so many ambitious sociopathic men at the top yeah. ranks of companies and and you know political power and all of that to see women have the same to see a woman have a drive to 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 become something greater than their station uh, is somehow seen as some sort of unattractive quality um, you know I don't yeah. know well and then something else to remember about this this list we've made is that. These aren't necessarily all heroes. Right. You know, they're women we love to watch in film mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That That's, uh, you know, the, because we love to watch and see how crazy they are or, you mm-hmm. know, some of them violent. And yeah. and with Tracy Flick, it's just how how kind of conniving and manipulative she can be. Yeah. but And it's funny, though, because it's like Matthew Broderick also reacts to her. And gets himself into trouble. Yeah, you know he and he pays for his own. He feels like he pays for his own crimes, and she gets away with it. And then she gets to like I think the next time he sees her at the end of the movie, she's she's like a White House a- intern or yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. So she's like getting into limos with with people, and like he throws a milkshake at the car or yeah. something because he's like, who the hell is she? <laughs> so he, he hates seeing you know Tracy Flick get yeah. anything because she's such a manipulative, whatever. Yeah, you know that like, but people are people who are driven 
ultimately succeed and uh you know that's uh, i don't know yeah and it's an early another early uh reese witherspoon performance and she's also she's had a great career yeah um between the legally blonde movies and uh walk the line and little mm-hmm. big lies and oh yeah you know so many other movies that uh she's just just had a great career a great actress and this is i think one of her most interesting roles yeah i could watch this again and again yeah easily watchable easily watchable <laughs> uh sticking with uh something that's a little more fun let's get fun we, we we're gonna go to 2000s charlie's angels wow with uh lucy Liu, drew barrymore and cameron diaz oh yeah now so this is a reimagining of the 70s show uh tv show charlie's angels and they definitely injected the the fun into yeah. this. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved this movie when it first came out. Then I kind of went through a phase where I was like, "Ugh, it's uh, not so much." Oh, really? But it's I, you know, it's it is. It's it's just fun, a fun action movie. Yeah, D- you know, you don't take it the action literally. You know, yeah. it's, it's all like silly and crazy. But yeah, it's all very heightened. Yeah, and uh... but it's cool to see like three you know female. Uh, action stars like having fun with it and yeah. not quite so intense like La Femme Nikita. Right. Yeah. This this isn't heavy. Like while it's like life or death situations, it's very heightened and silly. Yeah. And uh, keeping it fun. Great action. Yeah. So what they play? Cameron Diaz plays Natalie. Drew Barrymore plays Dylan. And yeah. Lucy Liu plays Alex. Yes. They're all very distinct in their personalities when they're not like doing the ass kicking spy stuff. Right. But then they're all super competent at being ass kicking spies. Yeah. And then they all have complicated lives on the outside, yeah. you know, like whether it's a love life or their friendships or whatever. So it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Mick G. Thank you. Yeah. Oh boy. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> thank you, Mick G. Mick G. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Nobody says that. <laughs> oh, Mick G. Come on. <laughs> uh, also in 2000 uh, We couldn't have this list Without Julia Roberts And mm-hmm. Aaron Brockovich Yes Now you've seen this movie Yeah what's the name of the movie Aaron Brockovich Oh yeah yeah <laughs> Okay so She plays Aaron Brockovich In Aaron Brockovich Yeah she does Yeah She's uh, She's what She's Aaron Brockovich She's a small town uh, Small town woman Making good For the, the people Of her community Right Yeah Well cause she just happens upon like she starts working for like a a lawyer i think part time job and then there's a case of like basically a pe- the power company is polluting the waters of the community in this i think it's in california yeah um and then she starts understanding like justice has to be served like this 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 company's getting away with it and this is based on real shit like this really yeah. happened um and, and she Ro- and she won best actress for this she did and I, I think I think there was a big uproar because she didn't actually thank Aaron Brockovich in her acceptance speech. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> which I kind of get. Couldn't, she couldn't have the role if the story never right. was told. But anyway, um, but like she was just a she was sort of down on her luck the way they portray it. Like that she was struggling to be a single mom and she you know, she needs a job. She like she like gets into a car accident in the, toward the in the beginning and. It should have been an easy shut, easy open and shut case. Um, but then it was like her motivations about like why she would sue is like was called into question. And yeah, she loses this case, works for the law firm, um, to, for because she needs money, 
and ends up like serving justice, like in a class action suit, um, because people are being poisoned. People were dying, like, uh, yeah, the water supply was poisoned. So an inspirational character, really. Yeah. Well, it's like someone just doing the the right thing, and because they're there, yeah. you know, and you don't get to see a lot of stories like that without trying to make a bigger deal out of that. Like, yeah. It's like heroism, but not for heroism's sake. It's 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 you know doing the right thing out of out of a moral obligation. She's not a lawyer. She can't really. She couldn't. She had to convince Albert Finney, R.I.P. Yep. To pursue the case um, and go forward with it, and um, I don't know. It's just a. It, that's one of those nice stories to 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 watch. Yeah. And Julia Roberts is incredible. Job. Yeah, she's incredible, and and another actress who's had so many great roles, and yeah. and. I just want to highly recommend if anyone hasn't seen it, check out Homecoming on uh, Amazon. Oh yeah, it's her new her new series. It's it's really uh, engaging, interesting, different, yeah. and she's fantastic in it. So uh, as of this recording, I'm three episodes in. Not bad. And Stay with S- it. Sam Esmail, who did Mr. Robot, so yeah. you're in for a trip. I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I'm I'm assuming something big's gonna happen. <laughs> just. You keep watching, and we'll talk <laughs> off air. Okay. Well, we'll do we'll do the uh, the homecoming podcast yeah. after this, <laughs> episode by episode. So, thank you, Julie Roberts. Uh, and uh, we've got one more for our list here before we get to our honorable mentions. Sure, let's but, do it. Uh, it's one of my personal favorites, 2001's Amelie, starring Audrey Tattoo. Oh, yeah. This is a charming film. It's a sweet film, uh, directed by Jean Pierre Junet. Very visual. Uh, she's just a really lovable character. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, I don't say you can't like fall in love with her each time you watch the movie. She's so sweet and smart and passionate about um, solving life's little quirks and mysteries. And just she's just she reminds me of Maud in in a few ways. That mm, she's just so yeah. observant of life and and the way it works and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the little beautiful things that she can see in, in very small places. Huh, yeah, uh, it's it's great performance and a great character. Uh, yeah, and and uh, you know she's another underrated actress. She mm-hmm. you know appeared in a few other things, but not really famous that famous in America. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a big French actress and yeah. and uh, you know one of our one one of uh, in my household one of the favorites favorites to watch. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, that's going to conclude our the main part of our list here. Yeah. But we are going to you know just run down a, a few people who didn't quite qualify. Okay, let's bang these one. In. Yeah. Uh, some of them, and they're, they're these kind of range from sci-fi movies to action to whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, I'm going to preface this by, by mentioning that we're now personal friends. Okay. Uh, Kimberly Beck, who played Trish Jarvis in Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Huh. That's uh, for the layman, that's part four. Okay. <laughs> final chapter was part four. Uh, she's in all the Friday the 13th movies. You've got some, you know, it's always the, almost always the female who is fighting back against Jason, who mm-hmm. who is the the lone sort of surviving hero. But she's kind of she's the toughest one of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of fights back with more of a, a lot more of a passion than in a lot of the other movies. Uh-huh. She doesn't quite seem so helpless and 
and uh, she's fending, you know, she's she's fending him off on her own. Uh, we did have to disqualify because technically uh, she is saved by her younger brother, played by Corey Feldman. Oh, uh, so that bummer is, you know, otherwise she was in. <laughs> she was in the list. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and at one at some point, uh, we're, we're we're talking talking about maybe Kimberly will come on the show. We'll okay, see. Okay, we'll see what we can do see about that. Yeah. Uh, 1987's Fatal Attraction, Ooh. starring Glenn Close. Glenn Close. <laughs> now, this is talking about a, a crazy role. Crazy. crazy. That woman was crazy. <laughs> this is so perfect for for all all those out there who who suspect their 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 ladies might be crazy. <laughs> this well, is like this is proof on film. And How this was crazy a, women get. This is one of Glenn Close's best roles. Yeah. She's she's fantastic as this lunatic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who after a one night stand with uh, Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. uh, d- does not want to let go of him mm-hmm. and inserts herself into his life mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. Yeah, and uh, violence ensues. But uh, she's she's fantastic. It's. You know, I don't. I don't know how well the movie itself has aged, but her performance is is she was in it. Yeah, she was a hundred and fifty percent in the role. So, <laughs> and this is one of those that like I debated about. Like, well, if we include it, it couldn't be. What do we call this? Like, uh, inspiration. She's, she's right. not inspirational. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not not someone you look up to. Yeah. Uh, night also uh, 1987 one of uh, one of David's favorite favorite movies sure Spaceballs uh, yeah. with uh, Daphne Zuniga's Prince, uh, Princess Vespa oh yeah Daphne Zuniga is so lovely in this uh, you know Spaceballs obviously the parody of Star Wars it's mel- with that Mel Brooks edge to it uh, she plays a Druish princess <laughs> who needs to be re- who the first thing that happens to her she runs away from her own wedding trying to uh avoid the, a boring life as a yeah. queen uh and gets caught up in a in, in what a kidnapping plot basically and has yeah. to be rescued yeah and then um, so right there disqualified but still a yeah. fun role and great uh, movie yeah it's great ensemble cast and she's she's great and she's great in it and uh just a charming movie all around yeah. and uh, very funny and silly. And it's been actually a few years since I've watched it. I probably have to fire that up. But, yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we will be covering that at some point in time here. And sure. And to me, it's one of the few Mel Brooks movies that does hold up. Sure. Uh, I'll, I hear a chorus of booze out there in the, in the courtyard right now. Yeah. The, the interns are listening to this live. Yeah. Oh, I don't think any of our interns have heard of Mel Brooks. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, sticking with the late 80s, Winona Ryder as Lydia in Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, which we've mentioned on the show. Yes, we have. and we've, we'll, we'll We've done Keaton talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Lydia is the one that can see the, the, the dead spirits of Gina Davis yep. and Alec Baldwin because she is weird and... Uh, Different. And, weird and... Yeah, I forget what the phrasing is. But, yeah. Uh, you know, it was such an odd movie, the Tim Burton thing of it all. Yeah, it just probably, a, is it Winona Ryder's, like, quirkiest role? Uh, I guess it's up there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's, like, writing, like, you already have a sense that Winona Ryder's quirky and weird. Yeah. 
Like, I don't think you have to put too much into it. Right. You know, you don't have to, to, to prove yourself. Yeah. But, uh, oh, she's just so good in it. Lydia's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think, we, I, you know, we disqualified her because spiritually she's kind of rescued by Alec Baldwin and and uh, Gina Davis. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Uh, she's kind of emotionally freed by them by the, through this experience. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. She finally gets to live her life only through the intervention of right. of, of dead spirits. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1994. We're gonna jump back to our friend Quentin Tarantino. Sure. With uh, Mia Wallace, Mrs. Mia Wallace, in Pulp Fiction, played by Uma Thurman. Uma. Uh, obviously an iconic character here. Uh, clearly they've, uh, we've learned about issues that happened on Kill Bill. Yeah. But, uh, as far as Pulp Fiction went, that was an iconic movie. This, she was the face of it really. Oh yeah. You know, between her and Travolta, but really like her face was on the marketing everywhere. Yeah. The soundtrack, the, you know, the poster that was her. Yeah. It was all sold on her. Um, great character. And you, you know, Uma Thurman, She'd been around. Um, she, you know, she'd done a few movies before this, mm-hmm. but this was really this made her a star. Yeah, this uh, this changed. This this is what changed her status to a lister. Yeah, right. And Mia Wallace is a great character, a cool character. You know, so cool. Everything's about being cool in Tarantino movies, but <laughs> but she really was. And I I could have watched a whole, you know, a whole movie about Mia Wallace. But. Mm. They never did, and that's not Kill Bill. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she overdoses on, uh, on, mistakenly overdoses on whatever drug that was, heroin, oh, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, I think so. And uh, does need to be, you know, rescued. I don't know if rescued's the word, but <laughs> saved, saved by Travolta and Eric Stoltz. So Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different than saving so the DQ. princess. It's a little different than saving the princess. Like, yeah. Well, they you know, save her life, literally. Yeah, they save inject, her life. Uh, well, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Under the rules of, of this ranking, of this list, she disqualified. Yeah. So, honorable mention <laughs> nice, to Uma. Nice try, Mae Wallace. <laughs> uh, last but not least, 1999's The Matrix with Trinity, played by... Uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss. Another cool, uh, you know, rare at the time female action role. Yeah. Uh, and she was definitely an, an ass kicker. Yeah. I mean, she opens the movie. Yeah. In uh, a great action sequence. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the most, uh, you know, biggest money makers of the 90s mm-hmm. uh, starts with her. Yeah. And she, you know, she brings, she teaches Keanu Reeves' character, Neo, everything he needs to know. Yeah, I mean they uh, also Lawrence Fishburne does too, but she's the one that like makes it easier for him to right. like accept this yeah. this thing, and she's she already knows what she's doing and yeah. all that, and she, they're a perfect duo, and uh, yeah, and she does get rescued because she gets shot in the heart, and uh, Neo has to literally pull the bullet out of her. Yeah, but as uh, as you do. Yeah, so uh, because of that, disqualified. Disqualified. Thanks. But no thanks. Trinity. Thanks, but no thanks. You're done. Um, so I mean, we keep talking about all these women we love to watch on film, but we've come to the end. That's it. There's it no more women for now. For, for now. now, part two. You may not see a part three for a bit. 
Yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll come back. There. You know, every so often we'll check back in. Uh, we we love the ladies in film. Yeah, and uh, these are some of our favorites, and and we you know we tried to keep it to one or two roles for each each of our favorite actresses. Yeah. Um, some of them have you know many more roles that are fantastic. Of but, course. Uh, the list would then be endless. So yeah, mo- every everyone mentioned on this list is basically a, a lifetime achievement award for their body of work, but specifically we love these characters. So yeah, um, thank you, <laughs> thank you for <laughs> everything. Thank I, you, ladies. I happen every time I run out of something to say on this show, I just thank the, the person I'm talking about. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> but uh, that just goes to show you how skillful I am at podcasting. <laughs> Uh, but no, thanks so much for joining us uh, on this journey. Uh, we like doing these special series, yeah. or, uh, little bonus things for y'all, uh, and just to break up the style. A little yeah, bit, so yeah, we give, we uh, like to give you some extra bonus uh, episodes here and there, and we like to uh, you know we we like the list, so there's going to be more coming your way. Yeah, get ready. Uh, so thank you again for tuning in. Check out our right next regularly scheduled episode. Stay tuned for that. We want to thank our friends uh, who help us every week. Curtis Moore for the, the artwork. And E.K. Wimmer, thank you for the theme song. And check out his podcast, Laser Graves. If you like all things retro and 80s and not just movies, but all sorts of crazy subjects. So, yeah. Uh, give it, check that out anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So Yeah, and if you pop by iTunes, give us a five-star rating just to help boost our uh, uh, positioning that'd be a big help and also check out our facebook page and our twitter and instagram at reconcinimation we'd love to hear from you yeah anyone you think we left off this list uh, just tweet it at us tell us instagram our... us facebook us let us know what sins have we committed uh, yeah i'm sure there's somebody we forgot sins of omission baby <laughs> all right we'll see you next time on reconcinimation bye now <laughs> <laughs>